you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson back at you with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather? I just about said I'm Ched. doing well. I guess I, just, I have a new name now. I just about Cheather. That wouldn't that would, don't change it. Um, he- Heather, what are we talking about today? Well, there's a chapter in my new book. Um, it's okay to go up the slide called "Give Whiners Respect." Give Whiners R E S P E C T is the way that they've put it in the book. And what's interesting is I've just come off two months of doing radio interviews and TV interviews and just podcast interviews and all sorts of interviews. And it's interesting to me which topics people pick up from from the book. Uh-huh. The book covers such a range. Um, and which they kind of leave alone. <laughs> and one of the ones that's only had one person ask me any questions about has been about whining. Um, which is interesting because I think that a lot of parents um, and teachers, it drives them nuts. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of important on a daily basis, but it hasn't, been, um, it hasn't been picked up by a lot of the interviewers. So I've been kind of curious about why that is. Um, and I thought maybe we should dive into the topic of whining. Well, let's jump off the cliff and into the, the waters of whining. Um, it is. Should we change our voices so it's <laughs> oh, Remember, did you ever watch Saturday Night Live back in the day with it? What was it, Doug and Wendy Weiner? Um, I can't even. I can't even remember the 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 cast members that did it. But it was always that whiny voice. And I got to tell you, it really starts getting under your skin after a while, doesn't it? I think it gets under your skin in the first sentence. <laughs> It doesn't take long. It, it's it's like those fingers on the chalkboard. It just really grates at our innermost sanity and calmness. Even those of us who think we're calm, uh-huh. it just gets to us. So it's you know I think some kids use this um, tone of voice a lot more than other kids. So in some families, it's not a big deal, and others they can barely get through the day because of the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I wanted to address is I think I think I in in talking about whining I think we need to establish right at the beginning that there's there's two fundamental types of whining. There's a type of whining that you might think of as in the checkout line at the grocery store trying to get the candy bar that I want it and if you say it 17 times repeatedly in a certain voice eventually you'll wear the parent down and get the candy bar. That's one kind of whining. But the other kind of whining, and the one that I was um, focusing on in my chapter, is a, is about a deep, sort of emotional, overwhelmed, uh, a, a overwhelmed emotion that is inside the child that that they're trying to cope with. And when they're so overwhelmed, their voice comes out in a whine, um, but they often don't even know they're doing it. So one's the manipulative, I want the candy bar, and I know how to push my mom or dad's buttons, and the other one is intense emotion that they can't control how do we tell them apart 
Ah. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty obvious, actually. Um, one, one of them is really, really driven by the parents' or the adults' behavior. So if you're the kind that tends to say no, no, and then maybe, and then, oh, okay, yes, uh-huh. if you find yourself falling into those patterns um, or pulling out your wallet when you're not expecting to or, you know, whatever those things are, th- then you're training your child to manipulate you to get you to do things um, by using certain tactics. Well, you're, you're given, <laughs> and one of these tactics is a squeaky voice. That, that voice becomes a tool. Yeah. Becomes, kids will, I mean, kids are survivalists, and yeah. they want your attention. They also want that chocolate bar. They want whatever they want. And if they found that this is an effective strategy, that goes in the databank. Uh-huh. Aha, I'm going to use that again next time. <laughs> um, so it's often about um, getting something right away, and it's something that's very tied to the adult's a- actions. Um, but a lot of times I think adults feel as if kids are whining on purpose when really they're um, emotionally overwhelmed. Uh-huh. And, and they can't really, the child can't stop whining because they can't actually hear the whine themselves. They just are trying to communicate quite desperately. And the more desperate they're trying, desperately they're trying to talk to you, the more the adult hears the whine. But the kid just feels desperate. And so where, where does this come, is this a, it, does the, the, I'm really tired and hungry and I need your attention whine, does that fit into this one? Yeah, it does. I, I think that's a child who, maybe our own fault, you know, we're the ones that drag them out and skip their nap. Or, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's often tied to our, our behavior as adults. Uh-huh. But um, it, instead of saying to the child, stop whining, it's much more useful to ignore the sound of the voice for the moment and just focus on the feeling and the emotion underneath that voice. So, um, you know, you're, you really want another cookie right now. It's so hard to wait until after supper or find out you're feeling frustrated or you're really mad that you can't go to the park or whatever it is. Try to find that emotion just the way you would with any other behavior you don't like where you accept the feeling but stop the behavior, you know, stop the behavior that they're separate, the emotion and the behavior. And so I, one of the, the, the go-to phrase I like in these situations when I, when, I, when I can, you know, push beyond the tone that's scratching, scratching the surface of my eardrums is, is just a simple, what do you need? What do you need is a great one. What do you need? And a lot of times it's, I, I don't know. And, and, and that's, that's an honest answer. Um, but it, it just kind of brings a little bit of, a little bit of clarity and focus. And then you can go on to, to have a, have a, a discussion and, and figure it out because sometimes they just need us to be still with them in those situations right. when they're, when they're a little bit overwhelmed. Right. It's usually a signal. It, it's a child holding up a big, bright red flag, waving it, saying, I need the world to slow down. I need some attention. I need some whatever it might mean, food, other things. But I need to just be together and reestablish our connection because I've lost it. <laughs> it's the same as a temper tantrum in that way. It's uh, I'm really overwhelmed and I can't cope with life. 
um, but I need to communicate. I need my feelings acknowledged. I need something from you. And as as uh, kids, I found out that as as kids get as they get that need met, you know, they go through the whiny thing, and then and then you meet that need for them. They that becomes a tool the next time they're feeling that way again, and so they have something to go to besides besides the whining. Um, Grandbaby, yeah, I, it becomes a tool of how to live life. Yeah, I'm gradually learning. On on this uh, Yellowstone trip I talked about in a, a couple episodes ago with Grandbaby, we had a couple a couple situations where we're all tired because we're we're putting in a lot of miles and we're having a lot of adventures, and uh, you know we had a couple whiny situations, and and sometimes I was whining, and sometimes Grandbaby was whining, and sometimes <laughs> Tasha who was whining. The most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's debatable. Depends on the day, and and every once in a while, you know, we'd. Start for gas and and Tasha would be taking over driving and I'd ask grandbaby I'd ask Rowan you want me to sit in back with you oh and uh and and she'd say no I need to be alone and mm-hmm. and that would be one of those times where she's feeling you know there's been too much going on too much time together and I need some time back here with my with my stuffed wolf from the hotel to uh to get my head together and and I I would respect that and that would avoid what probably would have turned into a whining situation in the future because she she was able to get that that opportunity to decompress and step back from the overwhelmingness of it all on on her own right and life is very overwhelming there's a lot that goes into a young child's day even just picking up language and Uh learning new social skills and all sorts of things Um, modern life especially can be quite overstimulating for children so uh you know, if there's a lot of whining go on, maybe try to dial things down a bit um, and make sure that there's a lot more periods of calm in the day. Um, and also, you can you can reflect what they're saying. You can say things like, it sounds as if you have strong feelings about that, <laughs> or it sounds as if that's really important, or it sounds as if it's hard to wait, um, and see what emotions will come out. But I think you can also directly address the squeakiness of the voice um, by saying, can you tell me, I want to understand what you're saying. Because what we do when a child is whining is we, we want to tune it out. We want it just to stop and go away. Yeah. And we don't really want to listen. But what, we, what works well for the children is to really deeply engage. So get, get however close you need to and say, gosh, I really want to understand what you want to tell me. I want to know what you're trying to say. Your voice is so squeaky, I can't understand you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you say it in a regular voice? But that that wish, expressing that wish to truly understand, that's what the kid wants. Yeah, They want to be heard, they want to be noticed, and their feelings noticed and acknowledged. And if you can get past that and really get to what they want to tell you, the wine tends to disappear. So in our early this this is hard with one child and two adults in a suburban driving down the interstate sometimes in a classroom where there may be a dozen children and maybe a couple of adults. This can be an even 
more ear grating situation when this happens. How can we be better at handling, dealing, addressing whining in our early learning settings? Because I think a lot of a lot of things a lot of things in our environments encourage it. We have so many transition times and our days are so heavily scheduled and these kind of things, we actually kind of invite whining in in, in some preschool early learning settings, don't we? Um, maybe, although I think that a lot of kids, uh, if they're whining because they're emotionally overwrought, um, unless the schedule's completely haywire, not all the kids will be doing that at exactly the same time. Oh, no, time. no, no. But, I mean, for those kids that, you know, every every 30 minutes or 20 minutes they're transitioning to a new thing, and and it's, it's one of those high-pressure environments, which we have too many of, I think that kind of not everybody's going to be there at the same time, but it can be just emotionally overwhelming, which kind of right. breeds a little bit. It, it makes it easier for the whining to happen, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, well, I think then, then it becomes a signal that something's out of whack. For example, the same as if a parent is skipping nap time because they're busy running errands. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if the program is so scheduled and has so many transitions that the kids can't take it emotionally and they react by whining, it's a signal of we need to change the program so it meets the needs of the children. That can uh -huh. be... Um, hard to recognize, but it's one more um, signal that things are not meeting children's needs. Yeah, and I, I think we get the, the our programs get so so busy and and everything is just go 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 that there's not that that opportunity to pull back. What do you think about uh, using timeout with children who are whining? Because I know this is a go to thing in in some settings. You're not listening to me. Go to timeout. Um, is that, is that effective? Well, I, I've never used a timeout with a child ever, so I certainly wouldn't use it with a whining <laughs> situation. I can't I, wait till I, we I, do our timeout episode. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I have, uh, if a child is extremely angry and um, needs a moment to be by themselves, I have helped them get to a location where they can be by themselves for a bit. Uh -huh. But I don't consider that a timeout, and there's no time it, the timer involved. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it can just be a brief moment of respite for the, the people to, you know, yeah. if they're in a power struggle, to get away from each other for a moment. A uh, timeout involves um, imposing time limits and yeah, and when you when you when you're doing that with somebody who needs something emotionally from you, like the whiners tend to do, it. I mean, it, you're you're being counterproductive. Right, finding out, uh, tuning into the child, and finding out what they need, what they need emotionally, is the most important thing. And um, whether that need is expressed through whining or through some other. Um, uh, desperate signal sign of, of misbehavior, uh, of what we would term misbehavior. It's, it's a time to, for the adult to stop, slow down, check in, say, wow, you're really feeling upset about this, or and just get to what the feeling is, get to what's going on. Yeah. Um, and you can say things like, "It's I can't understand you when you're crying and talking at the same time. Uh -huh. like, just state the facts. And they will try because they want to talk to you. They want you to understand. So they will try very hard to control their voice and their crying enough to be able to talk to you in something you can understand. Yeah, most kids and most of the time. They'll try because if they think you're genuinely trying to listen to them, they genuinely want to get the right message across. They don't want you to misunderstand them. 
Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, in, I, in a lot of the burnout trainings I do, I talk about the fact that one of the reasons this job or early learning and parenting is so draining is that we are emotionally char- emotional charging stations for these little people we work with and, and being emotionally available to them all the time can be exhausting for us. And so one of the things we can do to help them through these situations is make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Because if you are a parent or a caregiver and you're fretting and worrying and stressed and and having a hard time being focused here in the moment, worrying about yesterday and, and thinking about tomorrow and the hard conversation you have to have with the boss at the end of the day or whatever it is, it makes it very difficult to tune in and use your words and, and get to the bottom of whatever whatever the situation is. Right, and I think there's some other things that um, we can get into, too. For example, setting expectations ahead of time. Let's say you're about to enter a store or you're about to do whatever it is. Let's say bring out a special uh, snack that people are going to all whine to get the green one, not the red one, or whatever it is. Um, Set expectations ahead of time. So if you're going into the store, you can say, we're going to go and we're going to get some milk and we're not going to get anything else. And so that they know what to expect. Uh and then if they forget and say, oh, we need the and start to get into a whine, you can say, well, remember, what, we're doing this. That's why we came. Um, but setting expectations for whatever the activity is can really help. Yeah, be, ha- having things be predictable. Right. And then, and to, and then reinforce that and, and back that up. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can be helpful, especially with the preschool and the younger children, is if you find that um, – that you're locked into some sort of mega whining uh, uh, conflict that's going on between you and the child, um, deflect all that emotion that's very raw and have the child explain what's going on to um, a puppet or mm-hmm. a you know a teddy bear or their blankie or whatever it is because often kids this age will be able to tell either another adult or another child or an inanimate object, what the problem is in a regular voice. When for some reason they're locked into this whining match with you, they uh-huh. can't get out of it. But if you just change who they're talking to, you know, I can't understand you when you're using that squeaky voice. Can you tell, you know, Blue Bear here and have Blue Bear listen? Uh-huh. And the kid will often change her voice to explain things to Blue Bear because there's no emotional, that emotional angst is not there between the two of them. <laughs> and it's it's it, it seems like it, it it I just wish that worked with adults. <laughs> <laughs> Go talk to the blue bear. Go. You're getting whiny. You're, I, I, yeah, you're getting whiny. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. I've I've got a situation like that with an adult online. Um, so thanks for that, Heather. Um, what what else? Any other any other tips or advice for for dealing with the whiners? Yeah, I think half of it is. Um, tuning into their emotion and just getting underneath that squeaky voice. And the other half is watching your own actions as an adult. So um, did you give them all the basic ingredients of rest and enough calm and enough food and all those things? And, and are you the type that tends to give in if somebody does the manipulative type of whining? Or are you the type that, that um, you know, sets reasonable expectations and you can work towards that if you feel like you're in a trap of giving in to the kids too much. You work towards trying not to do that. 
So some of it's the adult behavior uh-huh. and some of it's recognizing how emotional it is and, and just trying to listen to what the real feelings are. Yeah, because if you, if you created that environment where the uh, manipulative whining works, it can be a hard habit to break for, for everybody involved. And uh, it's just it's about taking those baby steps and, and stepping back from it and being mindful in those situations. When you, when you, there's those trigger situations where when you walk into the grocery store or, or whatever, whatever tends to trigger that kind of behavior from the child, you just got to be a little bit more mindful as you, as you enter those to, to just right. step back and pay attention. And what I think is useful for people, if they feel whatever trap they're in, whether it's entertaining their kid all the time or giving in to them with whining or whatever it is, if you feel that you're in something and you don't like it anymore and you realize, oh gosh, I've been doing this wrong, don't don't worry. You can actually kind of announce that you're going to make a change to your child. It doesn't have to be a big secret. You don't have to keep your parenting secret. You can say, you know what? We've been doing – I've noticed this is what happens when we go to the store. And this is what I need when we go to the store. I need to get the groceries, and I need to not spend too much money or whatever the two basic things are. Uh-huh. And this is this is how we're going to start doing things now. Just acknowledge what's happened in the past and announce a new way, and then it's it's a lot less mysterious. And even young kids can understand that things are going to change, you know? Yeah, things we change don't— change all the time. We don't have to make so it complicated. it doesn't have to be a big secret. Excellent. Anything else before we wrap up? No, but I'm interested if you're going to get a blue bear to start talking to. I, well, no, I've got that uh, that wolf from Yellowstone that I'm sure oh, right. I'm sure grandbaby's going to be bored with pretty soon. So I'll be able to acquire it and and uh, talk and talk through wolf. my stuff. No, actually, I'm lucky enough to be doing enough podcasts that when I got something I need talking through, I got Heather Shoemaker and Lisa Murphy and others that that'll that'll work through things with me to help me uh, help me keep moving forward in my life. So I couldn't be more lucky. I don't need a blue bear. Excellent. Excellent. You don't need to whine about that. <laughs> no, I can, oh, I, can, I, I can whine to you, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon with another episode. And, you know, you don't have to whine about it. We'll, we'll come back and give you another episode. It's good. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.